Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. My name is Lawia Robe. I'm a believer. God is my savior. Standing here, it's him. Yeah. I'm a husband to one wife, a female. <laughs> Nowadays, you have to specify. <laughs> I'm a son, I'm a brother. And, and I believe all these things are, all these are what makes me to be who I am. You see, most, most times when we introduce ourselves, we introduce ourselves based on what we do. Normal, what we do, where we stay, our kids. But we are not our jobs. That's one thing I've come to know. We are not our jobs. There is that person before the job. So who are we? So I, I usually like to introduce myself with that. I am passionate about leadership and masculinity, positive masculinity. And I believe that God placed me in this, <laughs> in this world. My part is just to, to call out men, hey, boss. We are not going well. Let's come back to, to the presence of God. My belief is that we are at a place where we are right now as a country, as a world, because as men, we have we failed to take up our roles, what God created us to do. And I believe that if we are able just to hear God's word and go back to where his first intentions were when he created us, then we'd be at a better place. And COVID has disrupted so much. And one of the areas where COVID has really disrupted is in the masculinity area. As men, some of us have gone through a lot. It has got to a place where we've been tested, even the beliefs which, it has gotten to a place where We've been shaken and we start asking ourselves, are we really men? Let's talk about masculinity. What is it when we say that we stand and say we are men? What is it we are men? And the issue is we've grown up in a place whereby we are told that you need to be a man, act like a man. Our mothers tell us, our sisters tell us, our wives tell us, you need to act like a man. But on the flip side, no one tells us who this man really is. How does a man act? And hence, we've gotten to a place where we're looking for all sorts of questions, answers to who is it if we say we are a man? Who is it when we say we are a man? What does it entail? Some of us, we wait for Saturdays, for the masculinity Saturdays. You know about it? Mm -hmm. to, to be able to, to get to know who a man is. Google is our friend, we ask. Some of us, we are still hanging on to what we are told by our parents, what we saw our parents do, what our grandparents told us who a man is. But COVID has really disrupted that. Some of the beliefs which we, we think that, which we are taught that men are supposed to be, COVID has shaken them and have, have made us bare. Some of us, we believe that as men, it's about provision, financial provision. At any given time, we didn't think 
that the jobs you're having will go. Now that we've gone, we are naked. We don't know what to do. So how am I a man when I can't provide? How am I a man when I can't pay rent? And today, I just felt that if we go back to, to God's word, what did he mean when he said, we are men? And it's all just us. Even right now, if I ask you, everyone will come up with their own, own reason, own answer of who a man is. But today, I just want us to just go into God's word and look when God said, when God created us as men, what did he mean? And you can see even in the Bible in David, when David was handing it over to his son Solomon, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, he tells Solomon, I'm about to go the way of the earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man, act like a man. We do that. In Ezekiel chapter 22, this is where God was talking about the judgment of Jerusalem. How the people have perverted themselves, gone out of his will, done his will. And in verse 30 says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the sake of the land that I would not destroy it, but I found no one, not even one. This is from the Amplified Version. So God searched for a man to save Jerusalem, for him not to destroy it, but he found none. And the question is, does it mean that at that time Jerusalem is only women? When he says that he searched for a man and he did find were only scarred wearers in Jerusalem, and the answer is no. So what was he really looking at? What was he really looking for in the men? If he, he didn't find men, so it shows that there's a difference between being a male and being a man. There's a difference because at that time, I believe they were male in Jerusalem, but he didn't find a man. So what's the difference between a male and a man? And for me, I believe that a male is based on our gender. A male is based on our gender. Because even we look in generation, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we are born males, but to be a man, it's a choice. You can decide to be, remain a male or to be a man. As I told you, I'm a student of positive masculinity. I, I thrive. I'm, and I'm finding leadership, positive masculinity. There's something with it. I'm, each and every day, I work to be a better man, a better husband to my wife, a better son, a better brother a better friend, because I believe that. So in my study, in my interaction about masculinity, I can equate my manhood, masculinity is defined by two things. 
and I, I call them two R's. And the first R is relationships. The second is responsibility. For you to be a man, I, to me I believe those are the two main definitions. When you say you're a man, we look at your relationships and your responsibilities. And in terms of relationship one, the first major relationship we look at is your relationship with God, your submission to God. God did not create Adam and gave him the responsibility for him to be a man on his own. He created him so that he can accomplish what the responsibilities he gave them under his guidance, under his rulership, under his will. So Adam was not to do, he wasn't given the freedom to do things the way they are, but he was given to do it under the guidance of the Lord. And I believe that's our key aspect of manhood. When we live our lives, are we living on our own will, Villetu Nataka? Our, or are we living under the submission of Christ? And I believe to submit is to align, to get into a relationship with God, to, go, to know God in and out. And in this, I, I look at the story of David, how David, if you look, read the book of Psalms, the Psalms which were written by David, you can feel the relationship David had with God. And that's what I believe God created us as men to be, to be under his, his submission, to be aligned to his submission. And the interesting thing you find that when you are in alignment with God, then all other relationships are also fall into place because that's the key one. But we've gotten to a place whereby as men, we are running away from God. We don't want to be under his rulership. We want to be on our own. We want to do things on our own. And as a result, as, since we are the leaders, as we are running away, those who are behind us, our wives, our children, and everyone is also running. And in this, it's chaos in the world. And that's why I started by saying, my belief is that men, we've walked out from our presence of God. And, that's, and what we've seen, my belief is what we've seen in the world right now is the chaos which is coming up as a result of us moving away from God, moving away from his presence. And some of the chaos we've been seeing is he, even in our marriages. The marriage institution is under attack. The other day I saw someone said, marriage is a scam. Let no one lie, marriage is a scam. Someone posted that. We are seeing right now the cases of kidnappings which are happening. What's happening? The other day I saw in the People's Daily newspaper that there are around 483 suicide cases in Kenya in the last three months. The World Health Organization ranks Kenya the fourth in the number of depressed people in Africa. We are ninth globally. And to me, I feel this is the chaos which is arising for, from us men failing to submit, 
failing to submit to God. We want to do it on our own strength and it's, it's not possible. It's not hard because that's not how God wired us to do it. God wired us to be in submission to him, to do it, to, act, to rule the world, to be fruitful under his guidance and authority. And I would ask us, it's time for us to stop running, humble ourselves and go back to, to the Lord. Adam on this side was blaming the wife, so he was in denial. But when he came back to the Lord, instead of the, his solution for leaves, which God saw, it doesn't, <laughs> it can't work. He clothed him with the, the skin. He clothed them with the skin. And that is Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. The Lord made cabins of skin for Adam and his wife. And I believe as men, when we say, Lord, it's enough, I can't do it on, on my own. We, we walk back to his presence, submit to him. He's able to step in and cover us. And I believe my, my saying is that men, we stand, tall, we, we stand tallest on our knees. We stand tallest on our knees. When we submit, when we come back to the Lord in prayer, that's when we stand tallest. Second, in the relationships, after submission to God is the love for others. As men, we are not created to be alone. We, we, we need to be with others. We thrive in communities. I believe even COVID taught us that. The ones who thought that we can do it on our own, when we were told we are locked down, everyone was complaining that we are used to it. So I believe it was not just the helper, the wife, but also with others. And these for us to be able to thrive in our relationships with others, the key is about the love. And this love is the one which was shared with us in 1 Corinthians 13:4. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of or wrong. This is the definition of love which we live to. As men we need to abide. But we are living at a time when as men we, we practice this based on our experiences, what we've gone through, it's seen as naivety. When we be kind, <laughs> when we forgive, now keeping what on our what on like hey boss omekaliwa that's that's how it is but that's how it's supposed to be. The love that we are called to exhibit as men. And in Ephesians we are told that love, uh, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. We believe that why he started with a husband, it's because as a family, that's the building block of the society. When the love is shared in the family, then it sprouts out to the others. But most of us men, we, we go to the submission part. That's what we love. A wife submit, submit to, to your husband. But also we don't know that as men, we are the ones who model the submission to our wives when we submit to God. 
So it's not just our wives submitting to us, but also us submitting to God. And that's how we model that to our wives. And you see, the, the love which Christ had for the church, it's not an easy love. <laughs> it's a self, selfless love. It's not about me. It's not about what. We say the love for Christ is the unconditional love. It loves no matter what. And are we able as men to stand and love our wives no matter what they say? Are we able to love our wives no matter what they do? Are we able to continuously love our wives no matter how they treat us? Because that's the love of Christ to the church. He didn't love us based on our, how perfect we are. He loved us unconditionally. And that's, I believe that's one of the key definitions of manhood, the love for others. And in Man Enough, where I facilitate, we usually say, as a man, you need a woman to die for and a band of brothers to die with. As we say, we can't do it on our own. This journey of masculinity, you can't do it on our own. We only see it in the movies. Rambo going to fight alone. Jack Bauer. <laughs> Terminator is on his own. And I think that's how, as we grew up, we thought that's how we, we need to do it on our own. Society has told us, like, Mwanaume ni kujikaza, wezi ongea. With that. But not... That's not how we, should, how we should do. In this journey as men, we need others to work with. We need friends who we need to work with. Friends who will be there for us. Friends who will love us for who we are and not what we do. Because we've got to a place where we say that as men, we have so many acquaintances than real friends. And I believe where we are failing as men in creating friendships is because of one issue. You need to build trust with your friends. And for you to build trust, you need to be real and to be vulnerable. Because to me and you are But it's not well. And that's where ladies meet us on. A lady is able to create friendships and be able to open to them and share their story. And most times the things which we think are mountains, we find that they are not unique just to us. People have gone through them and overcome. But for us men, we decide to keep them. And I believe even the cases of depression, I believe most of them are men because we don't know how to share. We don't know how to create real friendship with others. And I believe we need to start building on that culture. Culture of building real friendships. Culture of having people to work with in this journey of masculinity. Because as we said, it's not an easy one. And this we can see even in the, in the Bible, the story of David and Jonathan. They are there for each other. And my question is, even right now as we look this, how many real friends do we have? How many friends do we call? I'm going to call and tell them about 
your, your relationship because that's how it, it's supposed to be and it's really big for men the love issue because in the family as a father when you show love to your wife to, when you show love to your, your kids there's I believe a sense of confidence your kids grow up with knowing that they can run back to their father their father is open for them to go <laughs> we, to go back to their father with open hands. But we find that in our society right now, as men, as we said, we've moved out from God's presence. The love which we have, it's, it's all there. We are bringing up kids who are broken, kids who have a lot of anger because of how their dad did to them. Instead of the Christ love which we are supposed as men to share, we've come up with our own love. Some, even that love, we don't give to our kids. And I believe for us, men, for us to change the story of our country, of our families, we just need to go back to God's presence and start practicing his love. The other R, as we said, was responsibility. And what do we mean by responsibility? I believe a man how many responsibility <laughs> see yeah and one of the thing is for us to take initiative for us to stand up and be the, the men God created us to be and I know you've all heard of this story about Adam in the garden of Eden when the serpents came to deceive Eve Adam was passive Adam stood there and watched and listened at Eve communicating to the to the serpent. Yet he was the one who God had given the instructions or not to eat. Eve was not there when God was giving the instructions. Adam was the one who was there. But what did Adam do? He decided to sit back and let Eve do the talking. And with this, we can see we had the, the fall of man. And that's the posture most of us men we've taken. We have been passive in our relationships, in the way we do. We wait for, for us to be told, hey boss, you need to do this. Myself included, <laughs> I know my wife tells me, and it really bothers me for her to tell me what to do. But as men, that's where we are. We've been passive <laughs> in, in, in doing things. And this passivity has created gaps in our family. When Adam was passive, he didn't talk. Eve came in to take control of the situation. And that's how our world is right now. As men, we have failed to stand up to our responsibilities God gave us. And due to that gap, our wives have stepped in. And remember, our wives were created to be a helper. They were to help us. We were to lead. And when they take... Now they have taken the roles, and some of these roles, I believe, they were specifically designed for, for men. And that's where we are right now. And I believe one of the key, when you say you're a man, it's for you to stand up. And we see it in Nehemiah chapter 1, when Nehemiah asked about what was happening in Jerusalem. And when he heard that story, he said, he cried, fasted, and prayed for God's favor even as he approached the king and he took the step to rebuild 
the Jerusalem walls. No one told Nehemiah what to do. He heard the story and he saw the need and he took it upon himself. As men, are we seeing the need and standing up to do? Or are we waiting for someone to say, there's a need here, can you come step in to do it? My prayer is that it might not be our problem. We might not have caused it, but when we see the need, may we stand, step up and sort it, because it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to change. And for me, I believe that right now, how things are in the, the world, how boys are yearning to, to know who to be a man is, it might not be a, my responsibility. For me, I have my dad who's been there for me, he stood with me. The other part of responsibility is taking ownership. Still in the Garden of Eden, after Adam ate the, the, the fruit, God came, asked Adam, where are you? And it's interesting, God didn't come and say, Adam and Eve, where are you? He came to Adam because Adam is the one who had the responsibility. Adam is the one who was given the word to do it. And one of the guys I love listening to, Dr. Tony Evans, says this. Whenever you blame someone else or something for which you are responsible for, you are blaming God. When you blame someone for that thing which you are responsible of doing, you are blaming God. And that's what Adam did when he was asked, have you eaten from the fruit which I asked you not to eat? And his answer was to point at Eve. It's the woman you gave me. And an interesting thing is that Adam had a choice when Eve provided him with the fruit. Eve didn't come with a gun on his head. Hey, Buddha, Kulai. <laughs> Eve just said, presented it to him, and Adam had a choice. And the choice was either one, to stand on God's word, what God had told him, do not eat from this fruit, or to stand on his wife's word, on eating of the fruit. He had a choice. And Eve had no, nothing to do with this choice. Eve had nothing to do with this choice. And that's why, as men, we've gotten to a place where we are, everything we are blaming now, it's my wife, it's my wife. My wife is the cause that I'm doing this. My wife is the cause I'm drinking. But we are, we have a choice. We are told that we cannot change what someone says, someone treats us, but we can change our response to how we react. In our walk of masculinity, we got into a place where everything that happened, every crisis that we are in, we go the easier way out of pointing fingers. It's so and so who's done it. But the question we never ask ourselves is, how have we contributed to what is happening? Because it's not just the other person. There's a role we've played in what is happening. And by prize, if we are to be the men God was looking for in, a, in Ezekiel, the men who will save the country, the men who will save the world, then we need to own up and say, 
Lord, it's, I did it. I made the mistake. Just as David did when Nathan ap- approached him and rebuked him on his sin with Bechaba. David didn't say, Lord, Bechaba, I'll go another place somewhere in the Zakumona. Bechaba, Lidileta Mali. I couldn't hide. <laughs> when Nathan rebuked David, David was able to stand up. David was able to acknowledge his sin and said, I have sinned against the Lord. And my question is as men, are we ready to take ownership of the direction of how our families are going? Are we ready to take ownership of how our country is going? Or will we remain passive and pass the blame and say, Lord, it's the leaders you've gave us. <laughs> it's the wife you've gave me. It's the kids. But what role are we playing in the situation that is there? I believe it's time for us then to rise up and stop being victims and become victors. At times we portray the victim mentality where we, it's like we have no control. And we are told that the things which we can't change, the things which we can't alter, are the acts of God. The act of God, but I believe most of the things which we are going through, we are able to. We are able to change. And it's for us just to change the way we view them. Let's not view them as victims, but we view them as victors. So it be as COVID has threatened our masculinity. COVID has asked us, made us to ask questions about who we are. Are we really men? I believed if you are able to walk in these two hours, our relationship with God, and I believe we'd be at a better place at this time. But it's because we've run away from God. We've said we can't do it on our own. And now things are hard. The things we believed to be our, what a man is made of have been, have been shaken. And that brings us to the question, where are you in your walk with Christ? As a man, where are you in your walk in Christ? Because I said, we fashion, we model the way for the others. We model the way for our family. We model the way God gave us the responsibility to be the priests of our homes. Are we doing it or have we left it for our wives? Are we, are we at that place? And my prayer, my prayer is each and every day, it's for me to stand by God's word of who he says I am. Stand by God's word to do all that he's given me, the blessings he's given me to do it under his will.
not on my own. Because as we've said, if you are to love the way Christ loved the church, we need his strength. We cannot do it on our own. And that's what I believe the first critical thing when you say you are a man is your submission to God. And that's the question. Where are you in your journey with God? Where are you in your journey with God? So my prayer is that may we not walk on our own strength. Because it's not just about us. When a man is in ruins, the impact is diverse, the family, the society. May we take time to get back to the Lord and surrender unto him. And my prayer is each and every morning when I pray is that when it gets that time when I stand before him and ask me where are you, I would say, Lord, I gave it my best. I gave it my best. To the glory of his name. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.